Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Israel in the Wilderness as we pick up in Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Children of Israel are moving now through the wilderness. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. So they have been actually journeying now for about 45 days. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Now this is really a very... Uh, unfortunate accusation, it's an untrue accusation, but people can sometimes be so cruel. And now they're hungry, and when people are hungry, sometimes they'll say, you know, when a man gets hungry, sometimes they become like a bear. You just want to feed them before you talk to them, really. And uh, these people were hungry, And so they said, it would have been better off for us to have died back in Egypt by those flesh pots with a full stomach, full of bread, than out here in this wilderness to starve to death. Why did we ever listen to you guys? And they're, you know, they, they so quickly forgot the misery and the bondage, the cruel bondage of Egypt. It is oftentimes like this when a person, after coming out of of the bondage of, of sin and out of his experiences in the world, many times as we look back at them, they seem to be now more glamorous than they were when we were in them. We forget the emptiness. We forget the, the, the cruel bondage that we experience. We forget what it was as far as the pain and the, and the hurt and the suffering. And all we remember is the full stomach. And so as they are remembering their experience in Egypt, all they're remembering was the, the plus side of it, the, the full stomach as we sat by the flesh pots. And, and they were saying, hey, we would be better off if we were back there, and and we died there by the plague of God, by the plagues that God were bringing. The Lord had slain us with the Egyptians. We'd have been better off than being here and dying of hunger. Then said the Lord to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. So God says, all right, I'll give them bread from heaven, but we'll prove to see if they're going to walk in my law or not. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. 
Moses and Aaron said unto the children of Israel at evening, Then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then shall ye see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. What are we that ye murmur against us? Now, they were murmuring to Moses and Aaron, but Moses and Aaron said, Hey, man, you're not really murmuring against us. You're murmuring against God. It's God that has brought you to this place, not we. And your murmurings are against God. I think that this is something that we need to take into account when we're prone to complain about our lot in life. Who is it that has brought me here? Any complaining that I do is in reality complaining against God. For God is the one who has brought me to these circumstances. God is the one who has placed me here. Unless I've been disobedient to him. But my complaints are really against the Lord. And that's, that's a very serious thing, to be complaining against God. And so Moses says, I refuse to accept your complaints. You're not murmuring against me. You're murmuring against the Lord. And Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. So he's emphasizing that point to them. Your murmuring about your situation is actually, when you get down to the, the bottom line, you're murmuring against God. So Moses spake unto Aaron, saying to the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And so it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Now, this must have been quite an awesome sight. The cloud had been leading them. And suddenly, in this cloud, the glory of the Lord appeared. Now, it doesn't declare how and in what manner the glory of the Lord appeared. But it was no doubt an awesome kind of a display or demonstration where God just demonstrated his glory. There in the cloud. Now, one of these days, very soon, God's going to demonstrate his glory in the clouds again as Jesus comes with clouds and great glory, demonstrating his glory in the clouds. But there God demonstrated his glory unto the children of Israel. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, at evening ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that evening that quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host, and that would be the host of Israel. And when the dew that lay was gone up, Behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they knew not what it was. Manna actually means, what is it? So they saw this little round seed-like thing on the ground, and they said, What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. 
And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Now this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer, and we don't know how much that was, for every man, according to the number of your persons, take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less, and when they did measure it out with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, let no man leave of it until the morning. In other words, eat it all up. Don't leave any overnight. Don't try to keep it overnight. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. People just don't listen. And... Uh, Moses uh, said, now look, don't leave any over till the morning. Just, you know, get rid of it. Whatever's left at night, get rid of it. And some of them tried to save some so they wouldn't have to go out early in the morning and gather it and got wormy and stunk. And so Moses naturally, God said, hey, I'll prove them to see if they'll hearken to my commandments. They're failing the test miserably. They gathered it every morning and every man according to his eating. When the sun was waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord has said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today, and see that which you will see, and that which remain over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And so... On the sixth day, they could keep it overnight and it wouldn't breed worms and stink because the next day was to be the Sabbath. Now, it is interesting that here the Sabbath was established and practiced before the law was given. So already the idea of six and one, six days of labor, a day of rest had been established in their national life and this is before God established the law with Israel, in which he said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, and we'll get into that when we get into the 20th chapter. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Sabbath day. Now, they, they would bake this. They would, they would grind it like a, a grain into a flour, and they would bake it into bread, or they would boil it sometimes and eat it like a cereal and I would imagine just like in Central America where they've learned to make so many different dishes with the rice that these inventive women no doubt learn to spice this stuff up different ways and and make a lot of interesting kind of dishes out of this manna this little seed kind of a thing that God put on the ground for them every morning and they laid up till the morning, and as Moses had commanded, and they did not stink, neither was there any worms in it. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today you shall not find it in the field. For six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day to gather it, and they found none. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse you to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide every man of his place on the Sabbath or on the seventh day. Now, actually, the Sabbath day was a day of rest, and really, God is saying here, let every man just stay in his bed. Now, we, you know, somehow got the concept, well, you know, the, the day that is holy unto the Lord is the day we all go to church, and we gather and worship God in the church. In reality, the Sabbath day wasn't so much a worship day as it was a rest day. It was a day for just total rest and relaxation, just a change of pace, giving the body a chance to more or less recover. Now the Lord six, said, Six days shalt thou labor and do thy work. The seventh day is a day of rest. God said, I have given you the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. God made it for man to give the body a chance to just sort of recuperate. And the idea was just stay in bed, rest, do nothing. It wasn't really get up and go to Sabbath school or, or go to synagogue or whatever. It was just stay in bed and rest on the Sabbath day. I don't know, but what that wouldn't be a good idea. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like a coriander seed, white. The taste of it was like wafers that were made with honey. So little honey biscuit kind of things. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of the manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. And so this pot of manna was preserved so that in years to come the people could see the manna, the food that God provided in the wilderness for their fathers. And when uh, the tabernacle was built, the mercy seat, this pot of manna was inside of this little box, the mercy seat, along with Aaron's rod that budded. And the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna for 40 years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came to the borders of Canaan. Now an omer is the tenth part of an ephah, and whatever that is, we don't know. But that's what it is. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Zin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord, and they pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said unto them, Why chide you with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? Now, their murmuring and their complaining was really uh, classified by Moses as a tempting of God. We are warned in the New Testament 
concerning the failure of the children of Israel because they were guilty of tempting God and proving him, murmuring against him. And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that you have brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Why have you brought us out of Egypt to kill us with thirst? Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What am I going to do with these people? They're ready to kill me. Poor Moses, I tell you, the position of leadership is not an easy position. And, and Moses didn't have an easy task at all. And here are the people now ready to stone him. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod where you smote the river, take it in your hand and go. And behold, I will stand before you there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa, which means temptation, and Mirabah, because of the chiding or the uh, striving of the children of Israel, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? And so first of all, it was their hunger. Now, God has promised to provide all of our needs according to his riches in glory. And having led them out, God would have provided and taken care of them. Their first complaint was that of, of their hunger. The second was that of water. These are two necessities, food and drink, especially in a wilderness area. So I think that it is important to notice that Though Moses was really upset with the people, there is no indication that God was upset with them. For their needs were natural needs. Now, the way they were going about the accusations that they were making were extreme and wrong, and yet the need was a natural need. God recognized that, and, and God does not show any displeasure with the people so much as he does show with as, as Moses actually shows to the people. But God now tells Moses, take the rod and strike the rock and water will come forth. Now in the New Testament, we are told that these things are all figures. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's mythology, it's actual history, but they all have a spiritual counterpart. And we are told by Paul that that rock was Christ. Now, you remember Jesus on the last day, the great day of the feast, cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. This was the feast of tabernacles in which they were celebrating how God preserved their fathers through the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And a part of the preservation was the providing of the water out of the rock. So during the Feast of Tabernacles, the priest would go down to the pool of Siloam with these large water jugs, and they would fill them with water, and they would come back up to the steps where 
several hundred thousand Jews would be gathered in the Great Temple Mount area. And in front of all of the people as they were singing the Hallel Psalms, the priest would pour the water out on the pavement there uh, of the Temple Mount. And that was to remind them how that God gave water to their fathers out of the rock in the wilderness. This was just sort of weaved into the celebration of, of tabernacles, the booths, where they had to make their little booths, again, to remind them how their fathers lived out in the wilderness for 40 years. And so this pouring out of water ceremony was a reminder of the water out of the rock, this experience. Now Jesus, even as he took the Passover and applied it to himself personally, and said, this bread is my body broken for you. This cup is my blood shed for the remission of your sins. Now here at the Feast of Tabernacles, on the last day, the great day of the feast, they would not go down and, and get the water. They didn't pour it out. They'd do it for the seven days of the feast. The eighth day, the great day, they wouldn't do it. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 16 through 17 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you. May his hand be upon your life this week that God might conform you into the image of Christ, that you might become the person that God wants you to be, not governed by your own will, but governed by the Spirit of God, reacting and responding, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, that your life might be a testimony in your home, wherever you are as that nature and character of Christ is revealed in you, in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Come study the Bible with Pastor Chuck Smith as he teaches from Genesis through Revelation on a digitally remastered audio edition of Pastor Chuck's Bible Commentary. That's over 600 audio MP3 files of Pastor Chuck teaching through the entire Bible. 
all on a 16-gig reusable flash drive. Now you can easily listen to Pastor Chuck's Bible commentaries when you insert this key into your computer. Then you can transfer all of these audio Bible studies to a smartphone or any other listening device to learn and study God's Word on the go. And not only that, you can reuse this flash drive that easily fits onto any keyring for even more mobility at a fraction of the cost. What a great way to study and learn God's Word. For more information, please call the Word for Today at one 800 272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.